We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the Ravens Vault. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. We are back, and this time it's a long-form, traditional-style podcast episode here on the Ravens Vault. And Sarah, this is a special one, too, because just a short while ago, when we hit the record button, Lamar Jackson finished up his second press conference of really this offseason as we go into the 2022 season, in which, of course... He was asked a number of questions about the ongoing contract situation between him and the Ravens front office. We got a lot to dive into, partner. We got a lot to we got a lot to dive into. We were just saying as we were getting ready to jump on this, how exciting it is. It's just so much fun coming straight off of it to give our instant reaction. So, you know, our our reaction is raw. And uh, you know, you mentioned that Lamar has had two press conferences really this offseason. Both of them were littered with contract questions. The first one, we got little to no answers. This one, Bobby, this one, we got some answers. It's making me feel some type of way. I feel like we're, we're like closing in on something here. You're right. There is some sort of feeling that runs throughout you based on the tone, the approach to the press conference. And you know what I'm thinking right now, honestly, on the fly, Sarah, is I've compiled both question and answers from the mandatory minicamp, his media appearance, and then, of course, this week's. Here they are. Was the absence contract related at all? No, no, no. No contract related. Do you plan to have a conversation about the contract before the season begins? Oh, we actually did. We, we did. You know, it's a conversation. That's all. We're just keeping it private. Yeah. Is it you and Eric just doing the one-on-one talking? Uh, can you take us through any of that? Uh, we having a conversation. <laughs> so... Is it going to continue during the season? We have a conversation. <laughs> you are. Play the rest of your career? I expect so. And yes, I do. You watch the national guys talk. A lot of them say they wouldn't step on the field with your brand of football without a deal. Do you buy into that? Do you nah, that? nah, I don't buy into it at all. You know, I play football. That's what I'm here for. Lamar, when uh, Steve Bichotti met with the media at the owners' meetings, he said he thought that you didn't think you were worthy of such a contract until you won a Super Bowl. Do you feel you're worthy of a contract? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I still want my Super Bowl, though, but I think I'm worthy for it. Yes, sir, I do. Lamar, you said uh, you had conversations about the contract. Did, the, did those conversations happen within the last three days or four days since you've been here in Owens Mills? Uh, did you meet with, with Eric? Yeah, since I've been on, man, we done had conversation. Yeah. Yeah. How much has the Sean Watson contract affected your thoughts about your future and what would be an acceptable contract for you? Um, nothing at all. You know, I'm I'm a man of my own. I don't worry about what those guys get. Would you prefer to have a contract done before the end of the year? Uh, it's a conversation. You know, it's a conversation. To, to be clear, would you still play week one if there's not a deal? We're in conversation right now. <laughs> if you don't have an extension, like... The way you're thinking right now, I mean, will you um, be at training camp? Will you be playing week one under your current deal with no with no contract? We're having a conversation about it. I don't know. <laughs> Mark, for several months of this offseason, when Ravens officials addressed this, your situation, they'd say, you know, the ball's in your court when you're willing to engage 
they'll be willing. Now you clearly engaging because you said there's talks this week. But yeah. was there a reason you didn't want to do it this off season, or you just figured, you know, at some point you get to the point where you'd be talking? Um, I was away and I was, you know, I just wanted to grind. That's why. I mean, I guess this is what comes with it. When you're trying to be great, you know, when you're trying to work your tail off, it's gonna be negativity. But you know, they hated Jesus, and I'm not Jesus, so I don't, I don't really worry about it. Um, we still, you know, we still negotiating right now. We still talking right now. Whenever we do, whenever we have free time, you know, mutual free time, mutual free time. We working right now, I'm in camp right now. Oh uh, man, I want to win at the end of the day, you know, I just want to be great. You know, I just want to work with my brothers at the end of the day. I don't want to, you know, leave them out there hanging. No, that's not me, that's never been me. I mean, I don't talk to those people who saying that, so they don't know what I got going on. They don't know what I'm thinking. You know, that's just, he say, she say, really, but nobody know what I'm thinking, except them upstairs. Nah, it's probably gonna be a cutoff at some point, yeah. You know, like I told you, we have a mutual conversation. I'm going to keep that in-house. I think so. I think so. We'll have to see. You're saying you think so before the season starts? Says going to be a cutoff, so hopefully. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. You know, you know what you want. You know, the club know what they want. That's all. It's cool. But yeah, no doubt. You know, because I don't like people in my business at all. You know, it's my business. If I wanted it out there, I'll put it out there myself, if anything, you know. Yeah. So, like I said, <laughs> it's definitely just a different tone. The The first tone was everything was we're talking about it. We're discussing it. You know, we're that type of thing. This one, he said that a little bit, but he gave a lot more information. So here's here's what stood out to me in this in this last one. Number one, Lamar Jackson has, has hasn't ever said this before. But he, when asked, do you think that a deal is going to get done between you and the Ravens? He said three times, yes, I think so. Added, of course, we'll see because you never know what could happen. But, but he says three times, yes, I think so. Then one reporter clarifies, just to be sure, he goes, he goes you mean something will happen before this season? And Lamar was like, well, like I said – there's going to be a deadline. So yeah, hopefully. And what he's saying is, is that he doesn't feel comfortable negotiating during the season. So once the season starts, he just wants to be all football. And that's, that's how he's always been. So we're now weeks out from the start of the season. We're at the end of the July season starts early September. So a little bit more than a month, but then what you don't see on those Bobby is uh, Jerry Sandusky, who we all know calls the games on the radio. He got video while he was down below. Anybody that's watched, you have the media core kind of surrounds the podium. So Lamar's at the podium, at, at the microphone. You've got a media core with like this half circle around him. It's so loud there, as you could hear kids screaming and stuff. And then there's this uh, staircase that leads upstairs. And when you go inside the first door of that staircase, I've walked it many times. When you go right inside, it's John Harbaugh's office on the right. And right across the hall is Eric Dacosta's on the left. And you go further down the hall and there's Steve Bashotti's office. So right up at the top of that, on the little balcony up there, John Harbaugh and Steve Bashotti were up there listening to the press conference. And I got to say, I've been to, I mean hundreds of those press conferences. I know you have too, Bobby. I'm not going to say it's never happened that the owner and head coach are interested enough, you know, to listen in, but they were up there. Another time I remember that, that happening is way back when, when Ray Rice had to do a press conference after his whole ordeal. I'm trying to remember other ones off the top of my head. Maybe I, I just can't remember. So when Lamar speaks, people are listening. And that was that just was like another hint to me that, you know what? Something's close. Because it's not like they, they stand up there all the time for these types of things. So I just came away feeling like we're nearing in on something. I agree. Yeah, when they're present like that, it's usually, for from what I can remember, my years there at the castle, basically when like former players would come back to have their jersey retired or to have, you know, maybe a ring of honor type of ceremony or something meaningful. So yeah, it does feel like we're moving towards something. And I think if you remember last year going into one of the primetime games early in the season, I want to say maybe it was even the Monday night game to start off the year in Vegas. 
Do you remember when that report dropped on Lamar from Adam Schefter that he was, quote, too immersed in the season, essentially paraphrasing, to negotiate? That tells you that that's a pretty factual report back then based on his comments today. He's not negotiating or entertaining this contract stuff during the season. So that tells me this is going to either get done between now and September 11th, which is week one of the NFL season, or it's not going to get done till the offseason. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly what Lamar alluded to today. And he was quick about it. He was quick when they asked him, like, are you comfortable? And he's like, no, there's going to be a cutoff point. So, I mean, yeah. And and that's the other thing is it makes me wonder – Something is to have so much more optimism from this press conference from the last one. I feel like something's changed and I don't know. I don't know what it is because, because so many people have said that like everybody's asked, like, why hasn't it happened? And like the Ravens front office have all been like, well, we're, we're running at Lamar's pace. Okay. And then, Marlon Humphrey said the same thing yesterday, and he was like, people don't believe us when we tell you, but that's really how Lamar feels. Like, he's not worried. It kind of is at his pace. So I, so something happened. To me, it's like either Lamar, this is the time Lamar wanted to do it, or, and this is what a segment of the fans think, is, is that maybe Lamar hasn't been engaging because the, the offer maybe that the Ravens put out there wasn't to his liking. And so could it be that, whatever they offered is now more, you know, or, and is more to his liking, but whatever it is, something changed and there's way more optimism today than there was one month ago. I have to think this all stems from guaranteed money. We've talked about that a little bit on this podcast throughout the course of our first week in existence, right. And, and coming off, of course, the sort of market reset with Deshaun Watson this off season, 230 million guaranteed, and then for Kyler Murray to follow that up with what did it end up being, Sarah, 160 to kind of bring it back to, you know, quote unquote, reasonable, normal levels for the quarterback market. I'd have to think that has to be one of the main factors of the holdup. But what do I know? Yeah, it could be. It could be. And I do. I have. I, I thought this was really good. There was a fan on Twitter that tweeted to me a proposed deal. And I want to talk about that because it has, I like where he was at with the guaranteed money. But before I do, one more thing that I almost forgot to mention. One of my favorite quotes, Bobby, was Jeff Zrebeck, who gave a great question, asked Lamar, have you liked this process with the Ravens? And then he said, and then Jeff asked, do you feel like the trust has been strengthened between you and the Ravens? And Lamar replies quickly, oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. How many times do we have friends or whoever and we go into business with them and business destroys relationships, right? Like you don't want to get go into business with your spouse. You don't want to do it with like your best friend because you just don't want to ruin those friendships. So it's not often that somebody says that going through a negotiation process and how many people go through a negotiation of this magnitude of hundreds of millions of dollars and he's saying it strengthened it, That's that says something both to the Lamar and the Ravens. People talk about the Ravens being a class act organization all the time. And and like Lamar saying, yeah, my, my trust is strengthened, that really hit me. Then he said, why? He goes, because I don't like people in my business at all. It's my business. If I wanted it out there, I would put it out there myself. Now, Bobby, I've covered this team for a long time, worked for this team for a long time. They are obsessive about keeping things quiet. They want to keep business inside, not outside. They don't, they don't do business through the media. So they try to lock things down. I remember my first time that I was an intern way back in 2005, and they're sitting us down kind of preparing us, and I remember them being like, if news gets out through one of you guys, just know you won't be here long. I knew from the beginning that they like to keep things quiet. And this is the first time I've seen a player. There's been players that have been quiet, but Lamar actually matches the Ravens in this in this case, where it's like he wants to keep things that are he deems private, private. 
and the Ravens are that way too. So they get along really well in that aspect. So as, as a onlooker, and maybe if you're a Ravens fan, I feel like you should be comforted by that. Feel good about that, that this process hasn't like torn them apart. And it, because according to Lamar's words, they've only gotten closer. So we can go back to the guaranteed money, but I didn't know if you had anything you wanted to add on that. I think it's a great takeaway. It was a phenomenal question by Jeff Zarebeck. Can't wait to have him on the podcast. He is obviously just as, as good as it gets from the beat standpoint, but uh, I'm with you, Sarah. I think it was very revealing and ultimately it shows you why he's present. There's a lot of quarterbacks in today's NFL in the year that is 2022 obviously it's a business that would not be present, that would not be getting these early, very important training camp reps because they'd be holding out. They wouldn't be there. They wouldn't be at camp if they were in Lamar's situation. And he's made it abundantly clear that, okay, yes, he missed voluntary OTAs, but he understands how important from whether it's mesh point or his offensive line or, you know, getting – things down pat with what he hopes to be is his number one target in Rashad Bateman. You name it. He understands the magnitude of all of that. And I think that backs up what your main takeaway was too. Yeah. And, and just to add to that, like, and that's why it's been so mind boggling for those of us that cover or follow. If you're a fan, the Ravens and Lamar on a daily basis, because like the narratives that the national media come up with are so far removed. I feel like what they're doing is they're so used to a cookie cutter way of how negotiations go because everybody's plugged in with agents and all players have agents or at least the vast majority of them. And so they kind of get in this routine and they're like, okay, well, when somebody doesn't have their contract, they usually hold out. So we're going to push out the holdout narrative because it's been true 99% of the time. Well, this is different in, the, in their case, right? Like Lamar doesn't have a agent. And on top of that, when you talk about him being present, yeah, like, again, if you've been following him, the way he's bulked up, the way he posts his workout videos, the way he posts videos about working out with his receivers, he got together with them in California, got to get together with them in Florida. Then he comes here and no, he didn't go to the OTA. So everybody decided to run with that. But I have always been of the mindset that OTAs are so overblown for veterans. I think it's more about new guys, rookies, injured guys, all that kind of stuff. So absolutely overblown. And so they took that and ran with it to even more with that holdout thing. And I'm just like, y'all don't have it right. You guys don't get Lamar. And he said it today. Like if somebody asked him, like, what's your motivation? He's like, football. He's like, I love this sport so much. It's all I want to do. And I want to do it for as long as I can. He's not looking to like waste any time. Time is of the essence. This is this game is a young man's sport. He's not trying to waste any time with that. So I 100% agree with you. I love that word that he's present. It's 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 so good. As unique of a professional athlete as we've seen in, in sports. What about Rod, your Twitter follower, based on that whole guaranteed structure that he sent your way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's think back. So both Watson and Murray got it was 230 million, right? And then Murray was like 230.5 million. Watson got that fully guaranteed. Okay. The Ravens don't want to dole out fully guaranteed money. They don't want to set that precedent. And then Murray helps in that cause. But what I like about Rod's thing here is what if you tack on an extra year, then his entire overall value goes up, plus the guaranteed money will beat Watson's, but it's not fully guaranteed, which would satisfy the Ravens. So what he put together here, I want to give him a shout out. This is Rod Petrick at Rod Pete. Uh, he put his guess was, and I'm not saying it's going to be this, but I, I liked where he was going with it. But he said 300 million over six years, 60 million signing bonus, 240 million guaranteed. So that is more than Watson got. And then that comes out to 50 million a year. So that puts him in that 50 million per year category. So that satisfies a lot of things that maybe like, Lamar wanted to be a $50 million quarterback. Who knows? We don't know. He made it very clear today that people don't know what he's thinking because he doesn't share it with them. So, But that isn't a bad thing to become a $50 million quarterback. And then you'd, while not fully guaranteed, you still get $10 million more guaranteed than Watson. So maybe that needs to be tweaked a little bit. But I liked where he was going on that. 
with the guaranteed money. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I thought that was clever. I still can't believe these this, these numbers. They're pretty mind-boggling. And now the fact that Kyler Murray is, what, in the top three or top two of highest paids in terms of AAV for quarterbacks, uh, uh, it's it's hard to believe. But, yeah, I, I've, I've said it before on the podcast that I, I think Lamar is more than worthy of being that 50 mil per year guy. And um, obviously that's a far cry from – the fifth year option at just north of 23 million, which of course is life-changing money, <laughs> but just a fraction of what he ultimately has been worth to this franchise since the day he walked in the door. All right. So let's change gears a little bit here. We, that was, we've talked all contract. Listen, this is an all Lamar long form podcast. Okay. So we're, we're breaking it all down. We've covered, we've covered the contract. Another theme though, Bobby, that I saw in there that happened kind of throughout was this idea about how Lamar takes on criticism. All quarterbacks take on big criticism. I felt like Joe Flacco took on a lot, but then, then Lamar comes around and it just, it pales in comparison. It pales in comparison. So there were several quotes um, that really stuck out. Is there anything that stuck out to you in terms of, of the most of, of what people said about how he takes criticism. I found it very entertaining and I knew he would downplay this. I literally just, this is exactly how I envisioned him answering the inevitable question about his exchange with Bernard Pollard, former Raven in recent weeks. He just laughed it off. He found it funny. He downplayed that there was any beef. Uh, of course he was asked about it. And he said he was on vacation. He had seen Bernard not only clapping back at him and always having to say something about him, but also the Ravens. And he was he was almost like perplexed as to why a former Raven would be criticizing his former team. And just his classic playful self was in full form. And I love that about him. And again, I was I was talking about this with my husband the other day because this is so different where professional athletes use social media to kind of you know, engage and, and defend themselves and come back. And like, that wasn't a thing for like older generation quarterbacks. And so when somebody like Lamar does it, everybody's like, whoa, the starting quarterback of an NFL team is pushing back. And he's trying to be like, no, it's not that serious. You know what I mean? Cause this is like how Lamar's, how old is he? 24. Like he, he and everybody his age grew up on social media. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, it might be, okay, 25. Thank you for the correction. So, so like they grew up on social media, whereas like those of us that are much older are just like, oh, whoa, this must be a big deal. And it's like, no, it's not that serious. I'm not ranting. I'm not angry. I'm still cool with Bernard, but I saw his tweet and I want to give people some engagement. So, um, so yeah, yeah, that was funny. I think one that stood out to me Somebody had asked him about why, why does he think that people constantly are like looking at him and criticizing him and this and that. And he said the following, he said, when you're trying to be great, (laughs) I love that already. That's, uh, let me just pause right there. Bobby, how many people wake up in the morning and are trying to be great at something? great at something. I'll tell you, one of the reasons why I got into a partnership with you is I kind of get that vibe from you. I'm never going to be, we're never going to be great NFL quarterbacks. And the standard there is much higher than being a great, you know, podcast. Um, but like, I love that mentality. Like how many of us wake up, I mean, honest to goodness and just be like, I'm going to be great at something today. I'm going to be great. I, I'm not joking. I went to Wendy's drive through today and I've been to this Wendy's a couple times at my house. And I'm just like, this is probably the best well-run Wendy's I've ever been to. And I decided to tell the lady that. And she's like, thank you. We work hard at this, you know? And I'm like, whatever you are doing in the day, are you trying to be great? Uh, like the fact that Lamar Jackson wakes up every day and he's trying to be great. I, I love that. That's so inspiring and great. So anyway, he says, when you're trying to be great and you're trying to work your tail off, there is going to be some negativity. But you know, they hated Jesus. <laughs> and I'm not Jesus, so I don't really worry about it. And so 
I love that. I know not everybody has the same faith as Lamar. I happen to be one of them that that I do share the same faith. And and again, for me, just like him saying, I'm trying, trying to be great. That's like inspiring because it's really his way, his way for those that don't share the same faith. It's his way of keeping perspective on life. And so like you could, he could get log on social media or he could listen to sports center or he could listen to whatever sports program and listen to people nonstop tell him what he's doing wrong. And he says to himself, he could say to himself, this is messed up. This is wrong. People are treating me wrong and kind of like feel sorry for himself. And instead what he does is he draws upon his faith and he says, you know what? Jesus, who I try to follow, had it a million times worse than I do. So perspective. I can, if he can keep going, I can draw on that strength and keep going too. And I'm not even him, so that means I don't have, maybe not have the strength of him, but I also don't have as much hate as him. So that's Lamar's way of having perspective. So both of those things where he's saying, I'm trying to be great, I'm working my tail off, and it's not as bad as it could be, is just inspiring. And I would just have hated for that quote to go, unnoticed because it for me it was very inspiring well said we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lamar sees and hears and reads everything, Sarah. I think let's not overlook that. You know, not that you are. But I think that's what makes this so much more impressive to me. And I, I say this because of a couple observations. On Instagram from time to time, which is typically his most used and active app on his phone, I'll tag him in various things, whether it's videos I put up on YouTube, whether it's our new podcast, whether it's a random story of a Lamar Jackson jersey, whatever. And almost always... I see later on, whenever I check or whatever, that he's seen it. Or I check my story that I tagged him in on on Instagram, and he's viewed it. And I think to myself, now look, I'm a small fish on Instagram. And I just think to myself, this guy consumes everything. If he's consuming my work, then he's definitely consuming the national networks. And so I think to myself, just just how impressive that is on a whole new level when he's not just ignoring this stuff. Now he is publicly, but personally he's taking it all in and consuming it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely true. I feel like uh, here's an example, Alejandro Villanueva. He ignores it publicly, like you just said, but I remember when he first signed with the Ravens, I was doing research on him and didn't know a ton, knew a little bit. And then I had read this whole story about how he like got rid of his like smartphones and went back to those old school um, flip phones because you can't get social media on that. So like there's that's and that's the strategy. And I think it's a fine strategy, but it's a strategy of a lot of people who are just like, I'm just not even going to pay any attention to it. But to your point, Lamar does. And yet still is able to keep 
his head on his shoulders straight. You know what I mean? Like it's it's crazy. In fact, the level of criticism he gets, I like Justin Houston's quote. Justin Houston said that if the amount of criticism on Lamar hasn't hit the LeBron James level yet, it's awfully close. And then he said, and remember, Justin Houston is considered like the mentor, right? And his outside linebackers group, like he's the mentor. He's, he's the wisdom of the group. He, you know what I mean? He brings all of that. And so he flipped it though, even though he's usually the one that everybody looks up to, he says, you know, I really look up to how Lamar handles this and he doesn't let him get it down like at all. And all of his teammates say it, it just like rolls off his back and instead is able to, and this is a special talent is he uses it as motivation. And, and I just am like, that's not easy to do. We hear professional athletes saying that all the time. Cause I know it's the right thing to say, but I mean, how many times have we gotten hate around us? Any, like any Joe Schmo, you, me, anybody listening that you get just unnecessary hate and it does, it brings you down. And so it, it's, it, it takes a special talent that I feel like you have to learn to turn it around and use it as motivation. And he does that so well that Justin Houston is like, I actually pray that most people are, he's like, I actually pray that people will keep criticizing him because selfishly the rest of the team benefits from it because he's so good at channeling it into, into motivation. And then the last thing, Bobby, that, you know, we've talked about it before. We, everybody's talked about it. It, we should probably mention at least Lamar's reaction to the anonymous defensive coordinator. And just Lamar, the guy saying he's never going to be a top-tier quarterback, basically no matter what he does. And then Lamar says, and this is just to your point, he ignores it publicly. He says it's anonymous, so I really don't care. He's anonymous for a reason. Touche. He ignores it publicly, but he consumed all of that over the last week. I'll guarantee it. And, you know, this this is a conversation for another time. I think Justin's on to something here. Aside from LeBron James, I struggle to find – another professional athlete who's more unjustifiably criticized than Lamar. Maybe you put Kevin Durant in that category, but a lot of that is justified based on some opinions here from what, how I feel leaving, uh, you know, joining a super team essentially to win a couple rings. But I really struggle. I mean, maybe they tell you in Dallas that Dak Prescott uh, down in Jerry, Jerry's world is, is in that category. But from a national standpoint, I really, I just, I, I struggle even outside of football. Uh, who is more unjustifiably criticized than eight? That's something we should. I we should do a deep dive into that. I off the top of my head, it's it's hard for me to think of somebody because then I started thinking, well, who are superstars at, at this level? And I'm like, even back in the day when you had like the Michael Jordans of the world, there was like no social media and there was sports programming, but not to the level of today. And it's like, I remember just covering Joe Flacco for so many years. And it was like, oh, when, when the Ravens got any national mention, like I'd be like, I had to, you know, find it for late for work because I was writing that every day. And it wasn't easy to find national stuff on the Ravens and Joe Flacco. Whereas with like Lamar Jackson, it's a daily thing. Like they know now Then that's why they do it with LeBron. They know now it doesn't matter what's being said ask a question about this person and make it divisive and, and we're going to draw an audience. Sarah, let's shift gears to Lamar's physique because when you look at him during his press conference out, out of pads, of course, having watched him and seen him up close for the last four years, I, I see a big difference, not necessarily between last season and now this season, but just overall, he is built like an ox, his upper body, his traps, his shoulders. And I mean that with obviously all due respect to Lamar. You know, he has said that he's put on somewhere between 10 and 12 pounds this offseason. It's unclear whether or not he'll shed that off a few of those throughout a, a grueling training camp in, in Maryland during summer. But what's your big takeaway? Actually, you know, matter of fact, Sarah, let's let's actually hear from him specifically because he was asked about his physique and his diet. This is what he had to say. Some people say, oh, why are you eating that? But I feel like I'm good. Like, I ate all my, ate certain foods all my life, and I'm, I'm feeling like I'm in shape. I'm running good. I'm moving good, throwing good. I feel good. So nothing really changed. Just pumped up a little. Age, age changed probably. 
All right, so I I found that interesting. I thought maybe he would have changed his eating habits, and I don't mean like eating more or whatever. I just thought that because he had been, you know, working out so much that maybe it changed. But he's saying it's the same. Here's my thing. He obviously is bigger. I swear his neck is as big as my thigh. <laughs> like that thing is like just all muscle in there. Uh, he's obviously gotten, you know, way more muscular. If it's true what he's saying, that he's still in shape, he's running well, he's, he's, he's moving well, he's throwing well. If he can keep moving basically the same, but also bulk up for one of the most violent sports known to man, like that's a good thing. I mean, there, you'd think that, especially, I mean, so many people, I, I'm not a big believer in him being at a greater risk uh, because he runs more. But if that's the theory that, you know, he runs more then it certainly doesn't help. I mean, it certainly doesn't hurt to have on those extra pounds, especially if it's of muscle, mostly muscle, muscle mass, which is what he said it was. And, and so you also got to look at John Harbaugh basically said the same thing over mandatory minicamp because they were asked about his size and he said, yeah, and he's still moving well. So to me, there's no downside to this if he's still moving like Lamar Jackson. I wonder if this has something to do with his whole new restaurant ownership venture, Sarah, down in South Florida. I did a video on YouTube about this in the last couple months or so. He opened up a new restaurant in his hometown. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Play Action Soul Food and More. It's basically like a sports bar. It's uh, the, the trademark is actually pretty funny. One of the phrases here is, you ate yet? And it's the number eight. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. So wait, we're going to, we're going to have to wait until we see him on the field for, for now. And, and, you know, on the field against other NFL teams for now, you know, we'll, we'll see what that, what that weight does. But for now, you know, we'll take his word and John Harbaugh's word. But um, the other thing that I thought has been interesting, John Harbaugh has been asked about this. Uh, Lamar Jackson was asked about this and the media are raving about this are these back shoulder throws, these back shoulder throws. So, um, that first kind of like stuck out to everybody the first day of training camp. Cause everybody was talking about his past, like this 20 or 30 yard pass to, um, Devin DuVernay. And then the Ravens media team posted a video of it and it really was gorgeous. The timing of it, the placement of it. Duvernay, the way he used his body, it was perfect. And the reason why they institute that, it, we saw in real time when we're watching that video, Lamar said today, he said cornerbacks tend to like to play over the top. So he was like coming out of last season, we knew that this was a throw, this pass that I had to work on and the receivers had to work on. He's like, so I did. And then he said that he that um, Prochet and Bateman they were all out in California together, and this is specifically what they were working on. So you've got that DuVernay pass from the first day of practice, and that was followed up with a back shoulder, a deep back shoulder pass to Bateman. And so this is just like another another tool in the toolbox, right, that Lamar can throw out that that they're really working on. And so far in the beginning of camp, it's it's playing dividends. Sarah, where is he? Where has he struggled in the past? Certainly not down in the middle of the field. It's been outside the numbers. Although he made a a step forward in that category last year, this is a great sign that they're going to be a threat, not just in the middle of the field with those darts that he loves, those checkdowns that he loves, Mark Andrews, his tight ends, you name it. He is going to have everybody on their toes in the secondary and everywhere in between that uh, he clearly knew that again, it's, it's early, right? But he knew that was a point of weakness. That was a point of emphasis and he addressed it this off season. Remember when the whole anonymous defense, obviously when the anonymous defensive coordinator came out, Warren Sharp came out in strong defense of Lamar. And he was like, this is so ignorant. And one of the things he said was that, I want to make sure I'm getting this right, but I'm pretty sure you said Lamar had the best stats outside the numbers last year. Oh, got it. Here it is. Okay. It says in 2021, despite the Ravens being the number one most injured team in the NFL, Lamar had Baltimore, the number one seed in the AFC, 
or had Baltimore the number one seed in the AFC in December. Then it says he was the number one best passer outside the numbers. Then because of his ankle injury, you know, he missed the rest of the season and the Ravens lost every game and missed the playoffs. But there it is. He was the number one passer outside the numbers. So to your point, you had said that's where he had struggled and then made strides last year. Yeah, he made so many strides that, according to Warren Sharp, he was number one outside the numbers. I even had to catch myself there, right? Because that was sort of a narrative early. Not even a narrative. At, at, at times early on in his career, that was a point of weakness, right? And he's done something about it. He's addressed it. So I even had to kind of catch myself there because I do remember now you bring to those numbers to fruition from Warren, who's awesome, great great um, analyst, future guest, hopefully. But there you have it. Jeff's Rebeck. Lamar finished 12 of 17 in full team and 7-7 seven and seven work today. He had a few drops. So what he's saying is the five incompletions weren't all on him. Uh, then he says his biggest play. Oh, we got to talk about this. His biggest play was a 55-yard touchdown to rookie tight end Isaiah Likely, who had a nice practice. And then Jackson also connected with Bateman on a deep back shoulder throw. There's the back shoulder again. Bring it up, baby. Bring it up. Okay, but let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about Isaiah Likely. I'm trying. Here's the problem, Bobby. There have been so many times during mini camps or training camps where receivers or tight ends will make so much noise. And then when the season starts, they disappear. So I'm trying not to get too fired up. But you tell me if you're fired up. You tell you tell me if Lamar Jackson sounds fired up about him. Isaiah is like a receiver, you know, but a tight end body. You know, he, he's like a baby Mark right now. We're going to have to see when we put them pads on. I don't want to give him too much credit, but he liked that for, for sure right now. He liked that. I mean, I think Isaiah likely has made a bunch of plays. Uh, he's, a, he's a big target out there. You know, he's got a catch radius. You can see it. He can go get passes that aren't right on the spot, and he can extend and go get them. So you get the point. He's like that, Sarah. He's like that. He is like Mark Andrews, according to Lamar. Like, you could even tell Lamar was trying to, like, hold back a little bit. He's like, all right, I'll hold on so we get the pads on. But when Lamar is talking about his receivers like that, I mean, come on. How do you not get excited? So, listen, I will heed Lamar's advice. We'll wait to see what happens when the pads come on. Because so far, likely has participated in all right? They don't have pads in minicamp, do they? I don't think they're hitting each other there. So I think they start, it'll be interesting. So the stadium practice they won't have on pads. John Harbaugh said that, and they won't start having pads till Monday. So maybe next week we'll come and revisit Isaiah likely and see if he's still putting up these plays. But uh, the Ravens media put up that this pass that Jeff Zriebeck had, had talked about. I watched it right before we started. Likely is wide open. He's wide open over the top of, of uh, Stevens. And I'm like, how does he get so wide open? I guarantee there's going to be teams sleeping on him, totally sleeping on him. But it just makes me happy that it's like every once in a while, can somebody just get so open? I don't know if it was a breakdown in coverage or if he, because the Ravens media team, when they record these things, they have to, they have to record it tight. Uh, the Ravens do not, John Harbaugh does not want um, formations out there for other teams to be able to see what, what they're tinkering with and what they're installing. Uh, so they play it tight. So I don't know if it was a breakdown in defensive coverage or if Isaiah likely just ran uh, an amazing route and got wide open, but he was wide open. And it's like, but how many times is this going to happen? Because we keep seeing his name. He keeps getting open for these touchdowns. So, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying not to get too excited, but it's another tight end that, you know, Lamar loves throwing to his tight ends that could be huge if he continues on this trajectory. I'm with you at what you said at the start there, right? Who, who has really been first one in, last one out, a big-time playmaker and performer over the last two training camp sessions that has not panned out during the season. James Prochet. And so that's that's just the bottom line. So I think tempering expectations is important, but it's worth noting that these guys are excited about him. He's being looked at as a receiver, as he was talked about throughout the draft. Yes, he's a tight end by position, but his skill set 
uh, is is it goes far beyond what a tight end is asked to do in especially perhaps a, a Raven centric offense. All right, Sarah, before we jump, should we finish up with the boy, big boys, the big boys up front, the big boys? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Lamar was asked about his new offensive line. I didn't talk too much. This is at the end of the presser. He just, he literally, this is what I liked about it. He named each offensive lineman one by one, one by one. He knows all their names. He's got nicknames for all of them. He's like, yeah, we're good with the offensive line. We're looking really good. Named each one and then said, you know, I can't wait for, for Ronnie to come back. And and so he didn't go too too deep into that. But, I mean, I agree. I agree. I feel like this is one area where it was clear that Eric DaCosta attacked in the offseason. Time will tell. Um, but, uh, you know, Tyler Lindenbaum has been getting high marks from everybody. <laughs> John Harbaugh cracked me up. He's like, yeah, I say hi to Linderbaum all the time, and sometimes he'll say hi back. Like, he's just so tunnel vision and focused. He's like, he's probably thinking about all the different blitzes that could come his way, you know, and he's trying to get ready for when the pads comes on. He wants to show that he can hold his own. So um, so we'll see, man. We'll see. I, I mean, I feel like the Ravens put all the pieces there. Zeitler had a had a money quote where he's like, we got all the right bricks. Now let's build, you know, a heck of an offensive line or a heck of a wall. We have all the right bricks built. Let's build a heck of a wall. So time will tell, but um, I just like the respect that Lamar showed by naming each guy one by one. Here's Linderbaum on Thursday's media availability, talking about just the learning curve and also the importance of some of his teammates. Yeah, there's a lot of good uh, vets in there that have been very helpful. You know, obviously, Kevin Zeitler, you know, to name one, just a guy right next to me uh, who's been around, you know, played at Wisconsin, so he's played a lot of ball. Um, a guy like him who's who's been around in a while, you know, Morgan Moses, you know, a, a very seasoned vet, uh, just trying to learn learn things from them and how they understand the game and just being able to communicate so we're on the same page is important. So, Sarah, he's so well-spoken. He's a blue-collar Iowa guy. He's got that Marshall Yonda in his blood. He's here to learn. He's here to work. He's a no-nonsense kind of guy, and that's exactly what they signed up for. That's that's great. It's great. It's what they need. It's what Lamar needs. Lamar needs stability under center. Let's get it done. Let's get Ronnie back. Oh, my gosh. Ronnie, by the way, coming in the other day to the Ravens building, had a pep in his step. He was smiling. He was bouncing up and around. You know, he was, he was out watching practice. I tell you what, if he gets out there um, – this offensive line is going to be so much better than last year. So much better than last year. And Lamar needs it. He he needs to be back there feeling comfortable. And let's let's get this thing rolling. Speak that into existence. And speaking of exactly that, our podcast is now coming up on almost a week of existence, partner. It's been a lot of fun. I'm Listen, I've said this a few times, but I'm going to say it again. I'm blown away. I don't know if – I mean, I shared a little bit of this on um, – on Twitter. But again, we have to say thank you because um, we've been watching, you know, I didn't even know. I didn't even think Bobby to look at the charts to see where we ranked. I felt like, you know, we're we're a podcast that is specific to one team as opposed to all these national podcasts. We Baltimore is not the biggest media market. It's not like we're we're New York or um, you know Philadelphia or DC. We're kind of stuck in the middle of all those. But we get an email from Blue Wire and they said, "Hey, check it out! You're number fifty of all sports shows on Apple." This was like what thirty six hours into our podcast. So both Bobby and I are like, "What? What? what, what is this for real?" So then we start following it, and then we go to Chartable because Chartable does more than just – they break it down further than just sports shows. We go over to Chartable, second and third day. We make it up to number 40 of all sports show podcasts on, on Apple, and we – number six football podcast. Number six. That is bananas to me. Now, obviously – Apple keeps close to the vest how they rank things. Obviously, we don't have the audience that, let's say, you know, pardon my take has, who's number one. I'm sure they have millions. But I think from what I understand is they kind of chart the excitement that kind of comes out of nowhere and the algorithms aren't anticipating it. And so I just feel like that says so much. You know, Bobby Blue Wire told us that when we first started this, that they don't usually start podcasts 
right out of the box. They'll usually take a podcast that is, you know, somebody set up by themselves and then they'll adopt it after they got so much success because it's kind of a risk on their end. You know, it doesn't, who knows if it's going to be good, but they did it with us. And I feel like the Ravens flock have helped us prove to them that we were worth that. We were worth that risk. And I just, I still can't get over. I just feel so blessed by everyone supporting us. Everybody that's written a review and everybody that subscribed, everybody that shared the show, uh, you know, we're, we're really grateful for that. It's been super rewarding for sure. I didn't even know these chart systems existed just a few days ago. So like now, now all of a sudden I'll be honest, I'll peel back the curtain. You know, the, the trust of family keeps refreshing them. All right. That's what we're doing. We want to see where we're at. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's just been a total joy and, and I'm really enjoying the partnership with you. And I know we're going to continue to, you know, track down as many solid guests as we can, both, you know, folks in and outside of, you know, the Owings Mills Under Armour Performance Center and Ravens Country and, and just getting, you know, chasing after the perspectives that matter, especially during the season. So as you mentioned, you know, if, if you would out there and you've been enjoy, if you if you've been enjoying the show, please consider subscribing, leaving us a, a five star rating, sharing it with your group message, sharing it with your Ravens Discord group, sharing it with your Ravens Flock Facebook group yeah, it means the world for us. And it allows us to kind of continue bringing this daily content to you. OK, and one last note, just to give a heads up, I am leaving for Spain uh, tomorrow. Uh, Spain and Portugal. Uh, my husband lived in Spain for two years. I lived in Portugal for almost two years. So we're taking our four kids out there. Now, I had this trip set up long before Bobby called me about potentially starting a podcast. And of course, you know, we set it up at the beginning of training camp, which is not the best of times. So I'll be leaving, but I'm bringing my microphone and my computer with me. I still plan on doing the morning vault each morning. There's a chance, Bobby and I have talked about this. There's a chance that something could go wrong. Internet connection, who's no, who knows what. Uh, but we're praying, we're praying that I can still jump in and do all that. But I know Bobby will get some guests for some more long form ones, stuff like that. So, oh my gosh. And Bobby, I swear on my life, there's going to be like a Lamar Jackson contract while I'm in the middle of like touring Spain. Or I'm gonna. We're also gonna make it to Morocco. I'm gonna be like riding a camel in Morocco, and Lamar Jackson is gonna sign his contract, which is not gonna be great timing. But I'm gonna focus on the amazing blessing that it is that I can be out there. Uh, but yeah, let's let's hope and pray that I can I can keep my end of the bargain. And otherwise, you guys might just have Bobby going solo and with a couple guests a couple times over the next two weeks. Listen, you just enjoy yourself. It's very much deserved. I know you've been looking forward to it. Your kids are going to remember this for the rest of their lives. And I know you guys will as well. So listen, the Ravens vault is going across the pond over the next 10 days. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Eight hour time difference. We'll figure it out. That's right. Have a blast, partner. Have an awesome time. Thank you. Appreciate that. And you keep it up here. I know you I know you'll still do great. I'm gonna try my best. Another episode is in the books, and one week is almost down in the books for the first ever week in the Ravens Vault existence. We cannot thank you enough for being a part of this journey. Continue to hang with us, continue to trust us, and continue riding with us. This is the Ravens Vault. Yeah.